the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, where I am always tweeting about the Broncos and reacting to the Broncos preseason loss. Now, I get it. The result doesn't mean anything, so we'll keep that in mind. But they do lose to the Chicago Bears 24-23 in their second preseason game. The offense got a little bit more action in the game. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the defense and some of the good, some of the bad, and then some of the ugly. And we'll make that our overall theme of the Broncos Blitz podcast as we react to preseason game number two. But first, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. I know it's a Broncos podcast, but how about them Rockies? Half game out of first place after they beat the Braves and come back in the ninth inning. This team is just so gutsy and great. And I tell you what, after the game, you go on over to uh, Tap 14. Enjoy the 70 Colorado beers on tap, the 100 Colorado distilled spirits, or maybe you're leaving the Broncos game, or maybe uh, after a regular season game, you go on over to Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, hop, skip, and a jump away, and uh, well, they got great food over there too. I highly recommend, highly recommend the candied bacon. It is tremendous. It's Tap 14. Find them on the web, Tap 14. Dot com. Let's go over some statistics before we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. We want to start with uh, the quarterbacks. Case Keenum started for uh, and threw the most passes, at least, when it comes to a quarterback on the team. Eight for 13, 78 yards. Did have the two incompletions that I think he's going to want back real bad. And those were the, the ones that Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone and just missed him. There was a moment where that, that window opened up. The safety was just not there to be able to, to have Coverage on the back end towards the back of the end zone on that left side. Uh, that was on the oh, second drive of the game, I think. Don't quote me on that. But uh, certainly missed opportunities. You can't look at the missed opportunities and say, you know, uh, it, it defines the entire performance. Uh, but certainly would have liked to have those ones. But overall, I think it was a, a fairly quality effort from Case Keenum. He, he didn't make any stupid decisions or anything like that. And uh, you know what he was? He was Case Keenum. That's exactly who you expect you're going to get. And that's what uh, you did get. And, and 8 for 13, 78 yards. And look, he hooks up and makes one of those touchdowns. Because again, he's still building that chemistry with this team. He makes those plays. And all of a sudden, we're looking at Case Keenum as uh, 9 for 13, 70, you know, probably 90 yards and a touchdown. Y'all are freaking out about Case Keenum and, and this team go winning 12 games. That, that's uh, one play would have made that kind of difference when it comes to box score readers. So uh, you look at it and you say, okay, he hits that play, totally different uh, scenario. So don't don't freak out too much, but don't overreact as well too because it is preseason. I know everybody's freaking out about the sex stream quarterback. Seven of nine, 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, everybody is in love with, Kate, uh, with uh, Chad Kelly. And I will say this. Uh, I'm indifferent to Chad Kelly. Look, I, I'm not rooting against him. I'm not technically rooting for him. Uh, I, I'm just interested to see what he can do. Kelly is, I'll say this, as somebody who has been at 
just about every training camp practice as somebody who's going to be at the practices at the games and uh, watching also closely he he may be the definition of a gamer and like wow i mean come on you're talking about somebody who can just turn on a switch and then all of a sudden is just a better quarterback uh, that's really the case with K, uh, with Chad Kelly. It's so weird because he's terrible. In tra- he's terrible, borderline terrible in practice, and yet all of a sudden he just turns it on in games. It's very impressive to watch. But uh, Kelly was it was solid overall, seven for nine. He had a nice little hookup with Tim Patrick as well too. So certainly uh, somebody who really has solidified himself as the second quarterback because Paxton Lynch looked awful again. And look, I, I, it's over with Paxton Lynch. This is not working out in Denver. I wish him luck somewhere else, but Denver needs to move on. And for a four-plus million-dollar dead cap, that is worth cutting him because your Broncos fan base is booing this guy as he walked onto the field, not after a incompletion, not after a sack or a bad play. They are booing him while he walks onto the field. It is time to raise morale when it comes to your fans, and it is time to move on from Paxton Lynch because this is just not working. It's not clicking in his brain. Five for 11. He struggled on short passing games. He held onto the ball too long. There were a couple that went off wide receiver hands. Fine, whatever, but it's just, it's not working. It's not working here, and it's time to move on. So the quarterbacks, certainly some good, some bad. Let's talk about the running game. Phillip Lindsay does everything. Wow. I'm going to I want to just step back. I want to relax for a second and say I'm not overreacting, right? Not overreacting, right? He is everything that we thought he would be. And it's crazy because I almost wonder if the flyover, quote unquote, flyover city status that Denver has that has hurt them a lot with like uh, free agents or anything like that. Who wants to come live in Denver? It's a cow town. This may actually have benefited Denver in this case because now we're talking about a situation where Philip Lindsay goes, uh, he's not invited to the combine. He goes undrafted, and the only team that really knows about him is the Denver Broncos because he can play it up north in Boulder. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy at how productive this guy can be. Six carries, 32 yards. He's making returns. Uh, He's coming out of the backfield receiving uh, passes from the quarterbacks. He's making tackles on on special teams. This is a guy who is standing out and absolutely... I said this at training camp start. This guy is making the roster. There is no way they can leave him off the roster. He has done such an excellent job, and it is every it has everything to do with his character, with how hard he works. He wants it. He wants the ball in his hands, and I love that. I love everything about that because that's somebody who is going to make it because he is going to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to make sure that he is the guy and he controls his opportunities 
because he's forcing himself into that. I I absolutely love it. I, I think Lindsay's a tremendous weapon for Denver, and, and I really hope he has a really, really good year. Uh, Royce Freeman, I thought, was, was fairly solid. Look, running between the tackles. Kind of saw that a little bit with Freeman. Kind of busting it out, and somebody who uh, I think Denver wants him to be the guy. I really do. I think Denver wants Royce Freeman to be the starter. Be, be somebody who basically is relied upon to carry the rock six carries 20 yards one touchdown I firmly believe it will be the Royce Freeman show uh come week one when we see the death chart and and really maybe death charts may be overrated when it comes to the actual team and and what they do with the carries because let's face it I mean Devontae Booker was listed as the number one guy in the first death chart and it's really been the Royce Freeman show basically since day one that's really what it's been uh, Devontae Booker, four carries, 17 yards. Uh, his longest was a six-yard run. Uh, oh, still waiting to see something from D'Angelo Henderson. I just, I, And it just seems like he's so underutilized. And I really hope this isn't a situation where D'Angelo Henderson is cut because of Phillip Lindsay's emergence because it just doesn't feel fair to me. Like, they're just not giving... D'Angelo Henderson the opportunities to actually run with the ball. Certainly something we'll be watching in practice as we go along. You can follow me on Twitter. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast. It is presented by Tap14 and our friends at Pro Football Focus, where, of course, they've got all kinds of great matchup charts, projections, a lot of stats over there at Pro Football Focus. Be sure to check it out at profootballfocus.com. Use the promo code POD20. That's POD20. POD20. 20% off your subscription. Go check it out. Pro Football Focus, grab that elite membership. I promise you. I promise you. It's tremendous. Love those guys at Pro Football Focus. They got some great analytics, and they're going to have some good stuff uh, released, I am sure, about this game. Of course, it's the preseason game number two. Broncos lose, but let's be honest, who really cares about win or loss? Uh, Let's talk about wide receivers. Because Emmanuel Sanders, once again, just stood out, stood out. In fact, he was so hot, I got to take a swig of water. Wow. Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he has a natural, he has a natural uh, chemistry with Case Keenum, I believe. Now, it's still early. They missed on the touchdown. I got it. They're going to get around to that. Uh, Seven targets for Emmanuel Sanders today in preseason. And again, nobody had more than three after that. So really, I mean, there was a clear focus with Emmanuel Sanders. And I think that's going to equate to some very good numbers for Sanders. And he'll be happy about that because this is basically contract year for Emmanuel. So certainly going to be uh, one of those targets that I think Keith Skin was going to have a lot of success with. Uh, Cortland Sutton just had the one catch. But certainly uh, is is someone I think that continues to show that I I believe he is a clear cut competent number three, and I think the key word in that sentence is competent because he's not a number three by default. He's a number three because he's earned it, and he's somebody who can be effective in the game plan, and somebody who quite frankly, could be one of the more effective players for Denver because there's going to be so much dedication with the number one cornerback going up against whether it be Emmanuel or Demarius Thomas. Size plays into this, but really you're putting your third guy on Cortland Sutton. 
That's really what you're doing. And if it's a four-wide receiver set, that may open up the opportunities for Deshaun Hamilton, who also had two guard, uh, targets. He had an 18-yard reception today as well, too. Uh, this is a, a team that is now all of a sudden, it's crazy. They are now deep at wide receiver because there were also there have been guys who are standing out. Tim Patrick had a nice little catch uh, later in the game from uh, Chad Kelly, a little 27-yarder. Guy who was also standing out in camp was uh, River Craycraft. You know, the tight ends, Jeff Hireman finally kind of doing a little bit of something. A couple early receptions. So this is a team that I think receiver-wise, there's not much to worry about because I think they're going to be very, very good this year at their wide receiver position because not only do they have guys who can actually catch passes, they have guys who can make plays. And that's really, really important because this is a team that essentially um, last year was, they were not ideal. They were not ideal at the wide receiver position because it was a hampered uh, 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 Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas was getting so much extra dedication, and they had no third wide receiver. All due respect to Benny Fowler, they had no third wide receiver. They had no tight ends. All of a sudden, we're talking about five options now. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane, the one-year turnaround. So certainly a lot of talent at a deep receiver position. For the Denver Broncos. Let's talk a little bit about the defense before we move into our uh, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, because we essentially want to recap that through that. But Denver's defense, uh, you know, there was a, a good from Bradley Chubb. Uh, Ch- Chubb with, uh, obviously, his effectiveness is going to really start to show the the more snaps he plays, the more uh, just, just full-time, all-out, full bore type of situations, regular season situations. I don't know if Chubb is going to be a guy who's going to true. It's crazy too, because he did stand out, but uh, I didn't really know if Chubb was going to be a guy who was going to super stand out in a preseason setting. It's all about settings because look, this is not a situation where you're going to reveal your hand. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to use your, your, your disguised schemes or your blitzes or anything like that. You're just going to use basic stuff. And yet Bradley Chubb is, still effective and uh and that's a really really good sign Josie Jewell looked good as well too and Clinton McDonald as well too Clinton McDonald who had kind of that scare earlier and of course it'd been dealing with the shoulder something that uh the Broncos will want to constantly watch but certainly he looked pretty pretty decent he had the sack a little bit later in the actual game so certainly uh, a positive there I said this and I wrote about it as well on MileHighSports.com. Of course, I've talked about this in previous Broncos Blitz podcast. Demarcus Walker, man, watch this guy. Uh, Denver botched his situation last year, going from losing a ton of weight and standing him up as a linebacker, even though he's never done it before, and then the complete opposite and going back to what he does best because, duh, he's a defensive lineman. He was so good at Florida State. That's why you drafted him in the second round, and now he's back to that 282, 284 weight. He's a guy who's who's pushing people around, 
drawing double teams, soaking them up, making it easier for those more other interior guys to make plays not only in the run game, but also in uh, the pass game as well too. And it's going to free up those edges as well. So I really like Demarcus Walker uh, and, and we'll continue to watch him as uh, I, he's been fairly good so far. Lately in preseason, and of course, Justin Simmons also with that interception. So let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the ugly. <sighs> I'm going to take another sip of water because this is going to be tough to swallow. Uh, Paxton Lynch. Oh, my goodness. Blah! Blah! Look, it's over. The experiment is over. Uh, it's time to move on from Paxton Lynch. Period. End of story. I'm not. De- I'm not beating a dead horse. This. This. This is over. Uh, it's done. I want to go to the bad, and the bad is Isaiah McKenzie. And the late fumble is such a killer. And uh, look, McKenzie had the the possible concussion earlier, and 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 he held on, which is funny because he held on to the ball on that that tackle uh, that was unnecessary on the fair catch. I just, I begin, I I said this in podcasts prior, I think Isaiah McKenzie needed to have a flawless preseason. I still kind of stand by that to make the roster, but man, I just, I keep going back to a couple days at training camp where I watch this team catch, I don't know, there must have been six, seven different guys catch a hundred punts and 100 kickoffs off the jug machine. And it just seemed like McKenzie was the most natural guy when it came to catching those uh, those 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 balls coming in the air, looking the ball into your uh, body, and, and, and making sure that you're not getting sloppy with technique. And uh, clearly, or as uh, A. Smith would say, clearly, clearly was the... Guy who who really looked the most natural doing it. Philip Lindsay also looked really good catching the football. And I know everybody wants to say, well, who cares? It's just catching the football. Look, it means something. It means something when you're looking at the fluidity of these guys catching footballs. Because when I observed uh, D'Angelo, or excuse me, Deshaun Hamilton, when I observed River Craycraft, it was not pretty. It was they struggled. They weren't leaning into it. It was uh, extending the hands a little bit. They weren't tucking it in. weren't keeping it tight. They weren't looking in the football. I mean, it was there were a lot of basic fundamentals that were just not happening, and that that worries me. And I know it's tough to dedicate a roster spot, roster spot to a specialist, but. I think the third preseason game is going to decide it. I, I don't think it's decided yet, but he needs to have a good third preseason game because he, uh, unfortunately, not great. Not great today. Uh, I want to go to the good because I think there were a lot of goods. And I'm going to give a good to Case Keenum. I, I thought 8 for 13, 78 yards. Uh, he hits one pass, and all of a sudden, you're looking at those statistics much, much different. And I know, you know, you only look at what actually happened. But look, he looked like he was competent out there and he looked like he was a guy that was going to guide an offense to uh, a win on a day like that. And that's something that I think Denver should look at and say, okay, we drew positives 
from that game on the offense. I also want to give a good to the offensive line. I thought the offensive line was drastically improved. Drastically improved when it comes to not only run but pass game. Uh, this is a team that rushed for 100 yards. Uh, 27 carries for a bucko, uh, bucko four. Uh, they did rush for the one touchdown, Royce Freeman, but gave Case Keenum protection as well, too. Uh, and I know he got sacked once, but it was dinky play. But certainly that left side looks strong. Um, Jared Valdir, I've said this in the past, doesn't need to be elite. He just needs to be competent. Right guard's going to be a disaster all throughout the season, but if they can just get away with okay offensive line play, I'll be fine. Because they look, again, I, I look at the offensive line, and, and I know we were taking questions on our live feed and on Twitter and everything like that, and everybody was asking, well, they got no depth at offensive line and this and that. Look, nobody does. Nobody. Find me a team that's got depth at offensive line. Find me a team that's got an offensive line. Uh, college play has really changed how offensive lines are. I mean, outside of like four teams, everybody else, everybody else else's offensive line sucks. It's terrible. So, I I think there's a there needs to be an understanding that this is a a position of grow. Uh, Garrett Bowles is growing, and and uh, Jared Valdir, we're we're in progress. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. The, the hope is that they do have good depth, but look, I, I really don't know how realistic it is. So, But I do think the offensive line was drastically improved. And again, I, I want to continue to give more good because I thought there was a lot of good that came out of this game. For as much as everybody wants to complain, because look, we've been beating a dead horse with Paxton Lynch. Let's focus on the good. Let's focus on uh, uh, Philip Lindsay. Uh, catching punts, making tackles on special teams, receiving... Running the football, formations, this, that. This guy is making the roster. He's a tremendous talent, and he is a great asset to the Denver Broncos. And I hope he's a weapon that's utilized on this team. Uh, I mentioned it, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Cortland Sutton. I think they got some, uh, they get the good, at least when it comes to today. Bradley Chubb, Clinton McDonald. Maybe, and... and to my guy, Demarcus Walker. I still think Demarcus Walker, one of those quality players that certainly is going to be a player. And I think he's going to give him good production. So, look, it's it's kind of the same old story. Ryan McMahon, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, with that secondary. And their weakness is that. Um, Tremaine Brock. Look, it's not... It's not set in stone to me that Tremaine Brock comes in and becomes a quality corner for this team. It's still very much in the air for this secondary because I just don't know if they have the talent. I really don't. Or at the time uh, for today or this year, I just don't know if they have the experience. I just... It feels like mid-2000s Broncos where it was Champ Bailey and everybody else. Like, with all due respect to Dominic Foxworth, the late Darren Williams, uh, Andre Goodman for a time, it was Champ Bailey and it was everybody else. It feels that way now. It feels that way where it's Chris Harris Jr. and everybody else. And and I think that's going to be a very big weakness. And Denver, they got to hope. At that pass rush is just, just absolutely clamoring down wider uh, quarterbacks' necks 
every single play and making sure that they are inaccurate and, and throwing off balance and giving cornerbacks opportunities to be better than what they actually are. And that's not meant to be disrespectful. I just I have always felt that the cornerback position is a dependent position on the pass rush. So we'll see how it goes. It is the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Be sure to check it out at milehighsports.com for previous archives, whether it be player interviews, news, debates, discussions, all kinds of fun stuff at milehighsports.com. And then, of course... All the written stuff at milehighsports.com where you can check out uh, recaps of the game. You can check out stories, individual quotes, discussions, breaking news at milehighsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. I greatly appreciate you listening as uh, we recap this preseason game. I also up on the Twitter at milehighsports, and I've retweeted it at my Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio. On Twitter, uh, we did an hour of post-game goodies when it comes to the video. Hour post-game video, uh, taking your questions, recap, and all that good stuff. And you can check it out at milehighsports.com on my Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. A lot of fun stuff going on at Mile High Sports. So thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Be sure to go to milehighsports.com for all your Broncos news. That's milehighsports.com. Milehighsports.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.